Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Brand new week. You're listening to the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, appreciate you joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi Network for another week in covering and talking and just chewing the fat on Southern Miss sports. Happy to have you along today. First segment brought to you. By Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Great smoked meats. Thanksgiving's coming up. You need to get those orders in ahead of time and get some of the best cooked meat around. Dickie's Cooked Here, loved everywhere. Great show for you today. Travis Krill, assistant baseball coach, will be joining us a little later to talk about this uh, recruiting class. But uh, the, the big thing to talk about with him will be the Fall Baseball World Series. Black team up two games to none. They'll be playing like right after he gets off on the air with us. First pitch set for three to Today. So uh, we'll be joined by Travis Creel. Also, Heath Hinton will join us next segment as we talk about Southern Miss headed to TCU tonight in basketball and uh, talk some some football. But yeah, let's start it off, Kelly. And a good good Monday to you and to Michael Mergens. You uh, you said it best to me a little earlier uh, today. We're we're never one just to to be all about moral victories. Sometimes when you say that, you know, it can just be uh, you're trying to eke out any little positivity. But when you look at what happened Saturday, a crazy, gutsy, heroic effort from the Golden Eagles. The game was tied 17-17 with six minutes to go. And, and Kelly, you called it. You said we're not one to believe moral victories, but, man, if there ever was one, Saturday was sure there for it. There were a lot of pluses Saturday. All right, let's just get the negatives put away. All right, still too many penalties, 16 penalties for nearly an entire football field length of, of penalties, but uh, man, the gritty effort that the guys put forth, starting with the coaching staff, I mean, it took a lot of guts to completely scrap what you've done pretty much up to this point and take the attitude of literally, what do we have to lose? You know, it, what, what they've been doing before wasn't working, so why not try, you know, what they did offensively? And you could hear Will Hall at halftime, at least I detected in his voice, the genuine belief that they were going to win that game, that they were going to shock the country, uh, which would have been the biggest upset of the season. As a fan, I just want to know, number one, that my team can compete. And they definitely did with by far the best team in Conference USA. Number two, I want to know that my team has not quit. And the team hasn't. They, they're playing hard. They've played as hard as they played all year long. And they want to win. And I just, I look, you know, some people say, well, moral victories, on paper, it's still a loss. Okay, but if you're getting better and you instill some confidence and look that even though making these adjustments, we can compete, you've got two games left. You wouldn't normally think that the Louisiana Tech game was winnable, but after this effort this past weekend, that's a winnable game. Florida International, and there's news breaking out of FIU today where Butch Davis is now fighting with the administration uh, at FIU, 
that's a complete that's a complete horror show. FIU. So these are two winnable games, and if if even if they got one of them, even if they got one out of the two, what momentum it would build, you know, going forward. Uh, I just I just want to know my team can compete, and they went out there and played their guts out Saturday. So Frank Gore rushed twenty times for one hundred twenty nine yards. Uh, Willis, who was a guy that I was excited about, I think he came out of Vilma Jackson High School a few years ago. They put him in there um, as a to give Frank Gore Jr. A, a breather. He rushed nineteen times for for sixty one yards. Golden Eagles didn't turn it over all day <laughs> until the last three drives, and uh, man. It, it was so fun to watch, so fun to see them competing. Frank Gore uh, went down uh, with an injury and going to try to, you know, we'll ask Keith about it next segment, but uh, it's kind of iffy, you know, w- whether or not he's going to be available this week. Will Hall uh, did say today in his press conference that, you know, we, we may run six or seven guys out there. He called it almost like running the Calvary <laughs> out there. So they're going to have more guys prepared. But, but Kelly, I thought this was interesting. I want to let our, our listeners hear this. This is Will Hall today. Answering the question of when he decided to possibly do something like this. Pretty lengthy clip, but but I want to get your comments on it. So here's Will Hall earlier today. Probably several weeks ago, but I wanted to keep implementing our schemes. There's a, a lot of guys that I wanted to see. Uh, I wanted to keep teaching them what we're going to be here. You know what I mean? What we're going to be and what we're going to become offensively. And uh, then we got to the point, you know, after the uh, North Texas game where I just thought we had to have some more life and some more juice. And it was time to go down the stretch and give us a chance to, to, to win for these, these seniors, these old guys. We've seen what we're building. We kind of got an idea schematically, offensively, of what we can be and what we can become moving forward. And it just became a, a deal of, with these old guys that are stuck in it, let's give them a chance to win. And this, from a whole program, holistically, gives us the best chance to win going down the stretch. I didn't want to sacrifice early on in the season for what we're trying to build. Because we still had a lot of questions that we wanted to answer moving forward with a lot of kids. Are they good enough to play Division One college football? Can they do what needs to be done? We got a lot of them questions answered, and it became, let's – Let's, let's, let's try to do whatever it takes. We didn't have a lot of other answers. You know what I mean? I mean, Jake Lang has played his butt off for this team. He's given us everything he can. He doesn't move around so well. And, you know, we just wanted to milk the clock and give our defense more of a chance to win. Kelly, he said something real telling there. And, and uh, just let me comment on that first is, you know, basically they wanted to give a chance to win. What a, what a great you know thing for your seniors. But you, he said something you've been saying. They had to see, you know, what this roster was made of, and whether it's good or bad. He seems to know whether or not, you know, some of these guys will come back or not. I think a couple of weeks ago, in talking with with some of the players in in social settings, you know, they made it pretty clear that that Coach Hall made it pretty clear to them, you know, the old story of look around the room because next year half of you aren't going to be here, and it's not a question of discipline. It's not a question of love. It's a question of business. And the key phrase that I took out of that soundbite that you just played, Luke, was, are they good enough to play Division I football? And that's the assessment that's going to take place in the offseason. I know we only have 62 scholarship players right now, but there's going to be a continued weeding out process. And again, it's not, it's not the player's fault. It's not that they're, that they're not playing. They're playing hard. I mean, that was really, really terrific effort 
on Saturday. But the bottom line just might be that some of the guys just just plain and simply aren't good enough to play at this level. It doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make them bad students. They're just not good enough to play at this level. And that's what Coach Hall and his staff are being paid to determine. And if they're not good enough to play at this level, then they got to go. And again, we've talked about how scholarships are not four-year promises. It's, they're one-year contracts, so to speak. Um, so as long as, as long as people understand that, that any changes that he might be making has nothing to do with anything other than their ability, that's the real world. Uh, and that's what, that's what they're paid to do is to try to get the best players in here that they can. That's what I took out of it. And, and I don't think anybody would argue that, Luke, would they? No, and, and I, I think that's the evaluation's been there. And with the transfer portal, I mean, it's just hard for me to comprehend the fact that you, you know, would lose a lot on your roster like that, not because kids transferred, but because they possibly get encouraged to go somewhere else. The transfer portal has made that a new, a new dynamic in college football, and it's pretty wild to, to think about, but, but that's the case. I do want to, I do want to, man, how good did the defense play? You hold Sincere McCormick to under a hundred yards. You get a pick six and they, they, they got two interceptions. Um, you, you look at what they did. Um, I don't, you can't ask more for the defense against a top 15 team that has been churning out. They, they did burn us a little in the passing game, but I, you know, sometimes we were, we were shutting them down in the run. So, uh, hats off to the nasty bunch. They look good on Saturday. And, and a team that, that, a, a segment of the team that has just taken a beating this whole year has been the offensive line. They've been trashed. They've been maligned. They've really been criticized. But the Eagles put up running numbers on Saturday against the top run defense in the conference. So if, if we're going to, as a fan base, point the fingers at units when they play poorly, they also, they also need to be heralded when they play well. And the offensive line played really well on Saturday. The inconsistency in any department of any team will drive coaches crazy. But again, one of those moral victories is that the offensive line showed that as a unit, they can play well. And again, it wasn't, it wasn't the second to worst team in the conference. It was the top, the top running offense in the conference that they did that to. So thumbs up to the offensive line, too, as, as we're pointing out the good things here. Eagles uh, come down close, almost take out the Roadrunners. UTSA improves to 10-0 in the year. Eagles uh, had two good chances, though, to, to win with Louisiana Tech. Later in the week, we'll be talking to Malcolm Butler, the voice of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. And uh, then, of course, may, may bring you up to date in the fourth segment today what Kelly referenced. It's, it's a dumpster fire. If you think it's bad, you know, around Southern Miss occasionally, just – Oh, Wait boy. Till you hear what's happening at FIU. Oh, boy. Hey, Heath Hinton's going to join us next, talk a little more football, and then Golden Eagle basketball team headed to Fort Worth to take on the Horn Frogs of TCU. Eagle Hour continues on this Monday right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Brand new week of the Eagle Hour. Happy to have you along. And maybe you're listening to us later in podcast form on Apple 
podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Maybe you're listening to us live on your radio or on uh, Super Talk Laurel, Super Talk Hattiesburg, or uh, on supertalk.fm. We appreciate you joining us on this beautiful Monday afternoon second segment, as always, brought to us by Campus Bookmark. Holidays coming up. You can shop wherever you are, from your cell phone, from your computer, campusbookmark.net, or if you're in the Hub City, you can go see them on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Campus Bookmark, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Big Gold Nation's own Heath Hinton joins us uh, today, and uh, as he does every Monday. Heath, let's talk real quick. Kelly and I kind of recap the football game. And the uh, Did it surprise you? We kind of heard rumblings, you know, maybe midweek last week they were going to try something. And, man, it, it was real, real great to see the valiant effort the Eagles gave Kind of your overall takeaway um, from how the game uh, unfolded on Saturday. I thought that the team played incredible considering what they were going through. Uh, I thought that Frank Gore did as good of a job as you could ask a kid doing a week's time at quarterback. Uh, I think what Coach Hall and them did was, uh, you know, they haven't been able to do anything in a typical offense, prototypical offense. They said, let's go out there and Take it back to high school and uh, run a single wing and go man on the which forces teams to go man on the outside, throw fades and uh, let's see what we can do and hold on to the ball. And you look at time of possession; they controlled it. It was uh, thirty-seven minutes to twenty-two minutes, or thirty-seven fourteen to twenty-two forty-six. So uh, they did what they wanted to do and come very close to winning that football game. So uh, no fumbles, uh, get the snap worked out, and if Frank Gore Jr. doesn't go down, they might win that football game. So, you know, you got to tip your hat to the players and coaches for a valiant effort, but, you know, to come up with that and stick with it and uh, use up the clock, it was a pretty smart move. Coach Hall mentioned uh, this week we might see six or seven, you know, different guys back there. Any any thoughts on Frank Gore Jr.'s injury? You think he'll play against Louisiana Tech, and who else might we see in the backfield? Uh, not sure. You're probably going to – it depends on how Frank uh, – he's in treatment right now, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm pretty sure you'd see Willis. Uh, you look at other guys you may see back there – Man, uh, Johnson, I mean, there's there's so many options. He said it was going to maybe look like a Calvary going in and out of there in the backfield. So uh, everything's going to be open. I'm pretty sure you'll see Willis again, maybe Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch, though, because this is what they're going to do for the rest of the year. Kelly? I don't have any problem with it because, like I said, if you keep on doing what you always did, you're going to keep on getting you know what you always got, and it hasn't worked. And I think by evidence of the score and how nobody was expecting that to happen, you could hear the energy and the excitement in the coaches' voices. You had to know that the guys had a good time. You know, if you, if you can't have a good time in a losing effort, um, I, I, don't, I don't see why not. I don't, and, and, again, it's nothing that the other teams are, have really been able to prepare for because they haven't seen that all year long. So I, I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, to, to do that. Because, like I said, what, what's the worst that could happen? And now you've got, you know, two winnable games against programs who are just in miserable shape. Basketball-wise, the Eagles took it on the chin Friday night against Louisiana Lafayette at the Greenhouse, also known as the Lad Pad now. And now they head to Fort Worth to take on the Horn Frogs of, of TCU. With about eight minutes left to go in that game, Heath Hinton, the Eagles and Cajuns 
were tied. Uh, the Eagles struggling at the, at the free throw line, and now they head to uh, Fort Worth uh, tonight for a non-conference game with a Big 12 opponent. Just kind of give us your overall thought of Friday night and where the program is at this point, still very early in the season. I think the team is much more talented. I not would say talented, a lot deeper, and uh, they're a lot longer than they were last year, uh, more athletic. I just think they have to make shots. I think they did everything they needed to do to win the game except make shots the other night. You can't go three and four minutes in a game without scoring a basket, especially when you're holding a team, uh, a very good Lafayette team. By the way, that's a good team. That's a big physical team. Holding them to, what, 30, I, I think they held them somewhere in the neighborhood of 33% from the floor. 33% from the floor, yeah. yeah. You hold a team like that, and then you go stretches without scoring, but you're still within four at times. Tie the game up and almost win. You're doing some good defensively. Just got to get things to work out offensively. Got to get some shots to fall. Whatever they got to do there, but and I don't know what can be done. They work on shooting. It's just the shots weren't falling. And uh, until that happens, they're going to be in tight games. But if they can get those shots start falling, they're going to win a lot of games this year. Well, William Carey, against William Carey, they shot you know almost, uh, almost 66% from the floor you know, in the first half. So it's a team that has the capability. Carey is always schooled, you know, pretty well in defense by the Hall of Famer, you know, Steve Knight. So to me, it shows that, that they can uh, shoot the basketball. It just didn't happen there. And the, the inconsistency in any sport, in any department of your team, it doesn't matter what sport it is, inconsistency can just drive you nuts. But they've got to figure it out tonight because they head to, to Fort Worth to take on the, the Fighting Frogs. Yeah, that's going to be a uh, tough contest, too, because, look, uh, TCU's not a bad team. I believe they beat uh, McNeese State uh, 77-61 in their last game, and they got a Big 12. Uh, Mike Miles, he's a 2021 Big 12 all-freshman team member. Um, this, they got a good team, so Southern's going to have to go over there to you know and just really play uh, once again, defense, but figure out a way to score the basketball. Maybe a change of scenery, getting out of Rick Green Coliseum and help them score. That does help at times. So we'll see, but it should be a fun contest. Heath, um, this is something that, that's just kind of interesting. So Waylon Knapper starts uh, against William Carey, and you know he was the guy that we're kind of putting all our chips on at, at point guard. Then he, only, he starts and then he only plays eight minutes. He, he starts against Lafayette, and then he only plays – 17 minutes. Mo Arnold played 24. Bolden played 15. Anything? I mean, because when you look at, you know, the other starters, he was the only, in in the carry game, Stevenson, or I'm sorry, Pierre played 22 minutes. And then the other guys, Stevenson 27, Moore 29, Hardy 33. And then against Lafayette, Napper's at 17, Stevenson's at 19. But, I mean, it just seems like Napper's not even getting, you know, to, to 20 minutes through the first two out of three games. Anything to that, if that's your starting point guard? I think uh, he's also dealing with turf toe, too. So it may be a situation where he just – it's bothering him so much that they're pulling him and putting somebody else out there. Uh, yeah, they're playing a lot of guys minutes. And, look, Stevenson uh, was missing some shots. They took him out. They went with uh, – 
it's sometimes you have to change the way you play a team in the middle of the game because it works better defensively or whatever. But I do know that Napper has been dealing with turf toes, so that may you. have something to do with it. Um. Safe to say, though, that uh, that Isaiah Moore is the real deal. I mean, he scored 19 against Lafayette, 10 against William Carey, and then when you look at what he did against Delta uh, State, I think he had 11 points and, and came close to a double-double uh, against Lafayette. Yeah, and not only that, he's, uh, he's got a little he's, – he's, he's, he's emotional. And sometimes you want that on the floor, sometimes you don't. But he seems to be a, an emotional leader on the team, and, uh, you know, he is – at six ten, he can he can uh, rebound. He can get in there. He's long. He can create his own shot. He can make people you know adjust their shots. So yeah, see, he's the real deal. He is going to be a big piece of Southern Miss team going forward, especially down the post. Uh, just wish he was a little bigger, but uh, still though, something Southern Miss hasn't had a six ten player with that mobility and can shoot. Southern Miss hasn't had that type of player before. And a guy that was signed by St. John's. So, you know, St. John's may not be good in a lot of things, but they certainly are good in basketball and assessing talent. But, but Heath, when you look back at the career of Zay Moore, uh, Isaiah Moore, and he, he, he likes to go by the name of Zay. But, right. yeah, when you, go, when you go back to even high school and junior college, you played at Pearl River down the road, nobody has ever questioned Zay Moore's ability to play. He's such a perfectionist and so hard on himself that, that other teams know what buttons to push to kind of get those emotions that you were talking about flowing. And he gets in his own head and sometimes just completely combusts. And, and, and I think if, and part of that is maturity, obviously, making transition from a younger man to, you know, obviously more life experience. But if, if he can, I think your point is well taken, if he can control his emotions and not let those buttons that people push affect him, wow. I mean, he could be unstoppable, but that has always been his worst enemy is that short fuse that he's got. And let's hope that that uh, goes away. You're right. And, and look, Kelly, I would rather have a player like that on the court than a player that I'm not sure how to push his buttons or how to, how to uh, get him going because at least, you know, uh, he has emotion to him and he has feeling. Yeah, he cares. You want to have that, but you also want to have it controlled a little bit. So if he can learn just to control it just a little bit, man, is he going to be a force in conference yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Golden Eagles. Take on TCU this evening, 7 p.m. That game's on the Big 12 Network. Of course, you can listen to to the radio call on your local Southern Miss uh, basketball affiliate. Hey, Heath, thanks for joining us, man. Have a great week. You too. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Seath Hinton from Big Gold Nation will step aside. Hey, going to talk some baseball. The Fall World Series going on at Pete Taylor Park. Travis Creel from Baseball joins us after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on a Monday. 4th Street brings us the third segment every single day. Sloppy Joe's tonight. Monday night football at 4th Street, along with everything else they've got going on. Of course, 895 every single day. The lunch of the day, along with a drinks all at 4th Street. Located in Hattiesburg, just across Highway 49 from the University what, of 
what, Southern Mississippi. What is the game tonight, Luke? Do you know? It is. And I know I'm just I'm just still kind of living in just anger after the Saints managed to uh, to blow that yesterday. Yeah, people you always know? people you know the Bengals drafted a kicker this year, and people go, "Oh, I can't believe they would waste a draft pick with a kicker." And I'm going, there "Well, you know. do you see now why having a- we missed two extra points?" Yeah, kickers right. are like lawyers. Nobody, nobody, everybody thinks that they're flakes until you really need a good one. And then, and then, boy, are you glad you you have ready for those billboards all over Louisiana? <laughs> Rams at 49ers tonight. Rams three and a half point favorite. For for uh, let's let's get all football talk. Baseball, Southern Miss Fall World Series going on here to join us today on this Monday. And and I I feel a little bad asking them to come on today. First pitch in about an hour and a half, but I'm happy to have assistant coach Travis Creel joining us now. And, Coach, you're not going to have to run foul poles for coming on this close to first pitch, are you? No, actually, I'm I'm the head coach of the black team, so uh, I make the rules this week. Uh, (laughs) We're off to a 2-0 start, too, by the way. So You are. uh, Everything's going good. Yeah, you got two two really kind of an offensive uh, spotlight in game one. Uh, Pancho Montenegro, who uh, Golden Eagle fans are excited to watch. He, he got you a game-winning hit, and then Tyler Stewart sh- shut him down in, in game uh, in game two. How has it been going this weekend? Oh, it's been great, man. It's been great. Uh, you know, really, really good crowds, really good weather. Um, it's been nice. Obviously, uh, free admission for anyone who wants to come and um, – we, we do accept donations uh, for the Waiting for a Cure Foundation uh, for breast cancer awareness and research. So it's been awesome, man. Our, our pitching is, is kind of uh, kind of been ahead of our hitting this fall. We we have a really good uh, pitching staff again this year that uh, we're really high on. We uh, we we noticed Aaron Fit from D1 Baseball came and and of course the guys that we already knew about, but. But of course, he was writing great stuff about Waldrop, and of course, uh, you know Tyler Stewart, and and I guess it's to be expected, you know, as you as you said that that pitching's out in front. But you know, when you, when you Golden Eagle fans would say, "Man, we we lost Powell," "Man, we lost Stanley," but then you start looking at all these studs that were were a little erratic coming out of the bullpen. But you look up, and man, you got just options galore about who who could be in this rotation. That's right, no doubt. I think you know Southern Miss is kind of built on being a developmental program um you know we we don't uh just because guys aren't quite ready their first or second year we don't tell them to you know hit the bricks we we stay with them and coach Oz has done such a good staff developing this uh, such a good job developing this staff and we got guys like you said like tyler stewart i think he only threw like 16 innings or something last year i mean he's, he's six foot nine he's up to 98 uh for strikes um hurst and Waldrop's taking a big step um, Blake Weehunt, I feel like taking the big steps. There, there's exciting times uh, for the pitching staff for sure. Now, Coach Creel, usually in these uh, end of the fall season get-togethers like this, this World Series, the winning team usually eats very, very well, and the losing team not so well. Can, are you are you allowed to tell us what's on the line as these guys actually on the same team in the spring, but they get to talk major smack here in the fall? There's a lot of trash talking going on, no doubt. There's a there's a there is a meal on the line, and then Coach Barry uh, designed these really cool T-shirts that the winners get. So uh, then me and me and Coach Brewer kind of have our own little thing we're doing uh, as the coaching staff. But it's a lot of fun, man. I mean, it's it's intense. There's trash talk. Um, I mean, we're we're winning four to three on in game one, and and there's bases loaded, two outs, and it's Chandler Best versus Gabe Montenegro, and. I mean, it felt like a it felt like a conference game. I mean, I was adrenaline pumping and 
Uh, it's a lot of fun. So is this a best of three or a true series best of seven? No, a true best of seven. Wow. Um, so we'll play today and tomorrow. We'll take an off day on Wednesday and then uh, play Thursday, Friday, Sunday if necessary. Well, I was going to say the, the black team is up two to nothing. They're, you play two more days. That could be it, and I'm sure that's what you're hoping for. That's right. That's right. I think Coach Barry and Coach Oz, deep down, wouldn't mind either. Says hunting season starts this weekend. Oh, like, getting yeah. them wood a little sooner. No, no doubt. You know, I, I look at these two rosters, and so it was kind of a given that both Montenegro's couldn't be on the same team. So, so you got you got Rodrigo, you got Sargent, so you got Power, you got Dickerson, you got McGillis and Lynch and Fisher. You got Stewart and Etheridge. Like, okay, so how does this happen? Is this like a fantasy, you know, baseball draft? Or I mean, did you get like five first round picks? What happened? Well, I will say this: Dickerson's hurt. I mean, he's fine. He's, he's got a high ankle sprain, uh, so he's not playing. Um, so that that takes him off the board. And we got McGillis playing short for my team. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Coach Brewer went a little pitching heavy. I went a little, uh, a little offensive heavy, and the, I think our pitching so deep that maybe, maybe it doesn't look as, uh, as dominant as his pitching staff. Maybe is in, in his mind, I guess. So, so, but it is like a draft. You guys just take uh, one, one and one each. We did. We did it just straight up draft. I, the only, the only rule basically in the draft was you couldn't take both catchers, and then we had eight starting pitchers. You can only take four of them. So, other than that, it's pretty much straight up uh, your, your regular draft. Good stuff. We're talking to Travis Creel of Southern Miss Baseball. The Fall Baseball World Series uh, continues today at 3.15, tomorrow at 3.15. If he, if uh, Coach Creel's team gets a sweep, they won't have to play Thursday. But Thursday at 3.15, Friday at 4.15, and then Game 7 would be Sunday. And uh, one thing that we want to you, – you mentioned it, Coach. Let's talk about it just for a second. Uh, this is called the 2021 Breast Cancer Awareness Fall World Series. Free admission, but you guys are, are raising uh, funds for Waiting for a Cure Foundation, something I know that's uh, dear to Coach Barry and, and this entire staff. So what what opportunity to uh, to get competition, but to raise money for a good cause? Yeah, no doubt. I think this kind of started, uh, you know, right when Coach Barry uh, he took over as head coach. I remember when I was playing here, we we did the Breast Cancer World Series, and I think it's kind of took off since then. And obviously, it's a lot of fun, but you know, raising that money and, and writing that check feels pretty good too. Now, Coach Creel, once the I think Dead Week is that is very early this year, or I mean Finals Week. As early in December, at which point your kids will break for essentially a month and a half, at least for you know academic purposes. What what do you? How do you guys handle things in that downtime, so to speak, when when you're not all together completely for a month and a half? Yeah, that's what it's kind of the saying. Is championships are won won in that winter break. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of on the players to show what kind of discipline they have to take care of their bodies, make good decisions, and then get in the weight room and do the, the workout that our strength coaches provided and, and get in the cages and get their swings in and, and for pitchers to get their throwing in as well. So it's pretty easy to see come uh, when they come back in January who's uh, really gotten after it over the break and, and maybe who hasn't. Um, but that's one thing Southern Miss has, man. It's got a tradition of, of hard work and tough-nosed who work hard and, and do the right things over the breaks. And the thing, the thing about that too is when you when you think about it, they they're released you know early December. Don't come back till mid January really, and you guys give or take a few days start the season every year about Valentine's Day. So you really only have about three and a half weeks to get ready for the opener. Yeah, and I don't you know I guess they do that to keep it on a fair playing field with the northern schools who can't get out 
uh, in the snow. I'm not sure exactly why those rules are in place, but they are. Um, and it's really, really important. Luckily for us, we have good weather down here, but uh, it's important for those guys to get their work in on their own. Sure. All right, Coach, uh, before we let you go, about a minute and a half left. Uh, you guys just announced eight new signees for the 2023 season, so these guys would come in next uh, next fall. Uh, tell, tell us about a couple of these guys. Uh, I, I know there are a lot of them from Mississippi. you got one guy from Illinois, uh, Tucker Stockman from Athens, Alabama. I actually met him in the roost uh, last year, and then you get Davis Gillespie from Birmingham. But it uh, looks like six or uh, five of the eight are from the state of Mississippi. Yeah, it's a good class, man. It's a really good class. We, we added two junior college arms to kind of fill some needs on, on some things that we needed. Um, and Will Armistead and, and Holland Towns, that we feel like they, they can both come in and, and play a role early. I think the biggest thing with this class that we're excited about is just the, the athleticism. Um, I think out of, the, out of the eight, there's four dual guys. We expect to come in and pitch and hit. Um, just, just athletes, man. That's what we're looking forward. Jake Cook from Madison Central won a state championship last year. He's a Left-handed arm up to 91. He can run. He can hit. Um, Nick Monaster played in the state championship last year against him. He's a shortstop. He can pitch. He can he can run. He can hit. So um, just the versatility, the athleticism, that's what we're excited about. Good stuff. Well, I just want to let you know, uh, we, we hope you sweep and you take Coach Brewer out. But if Cross Sively were to strike some of your batters out, just get ready. Kelly Sander will, will take uh, credit for that, okay? just he, he coached him up. Kelly, isn't that right? That's right. When he moved here from Grenada, Mississippi, years ago. I, well, I didn't, he taught me something, Kelly. I didn't know he lived in Grenada. Yeah, no, yeah. I moved here when he was like eight years old. He was one of my Oak Grove Mojo kids for, so, for a while. So who, who are you pitching today, Coach? We got Boyd, Drew Boyd for, for the black team for my team versus Tanner Hall uh, for the Golden team. Tanner Hall, another one, man, I, I forgot to mention earlier, just huge strides. I mean, he has you, just been, had a great fall. We're excited about what he's going to bring. You better tell your batters that 92-mile-an-hour fastball is going to run about six inches on them. <laughs> they better get ready. Yeah, you're right about that. Luckily, we've had some experience with Tanner, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to him. Uh, maybe we'll get to him to that. Good stuff. Hey, Coach, thanks for hopping on with us today. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Assistant baseball coach Travis Creel, Southern Miss 2021 Fall Baseball World Series going on 315 today, 315 tomorrow. Coach Creel's black team up, two games to none. Hey, step aside, talk about a dumpster fired FIU Saints game. See how Conference USA did over the weekend. Eagle Hour. Last segment coming up. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at D1 and DBAT Training Facility, the largest indoor training facility south of the Jackson area. All turfed infield. They're always making sure that things are spotless, clean, and safe. Protection from COVID-19. All the different batting cages, baseball, softball. You can program the machines to pitch it as fast, as slow as you want, or any type of movement. And if you want to just get in shape uh, coming up on the new year, uh, it's for adults as well. D1 and DBAT, check them out online, and then uh, let them know that, that we sent you up there to D1 and DBAT on Hardy Street, also known as Highway 98. A uh, recent tweet, just a, a tweet just a minute ago from Frank Gore Jr. on the web said, please pray for me, um, you know, wanting to play this weekend. Hopefully everything's going to work out that he will be able to. But uh, 
All Prayer Warriors, Frank Gore says, to help him out. And Luke, this weekend, Conference USA, I did really well on my picks, except those dastardly uh, North Texas Mean Green kept me from running a perfect slate. I picked UTEP in that game, and the Miners had it won all the way until the very end. That's, of course, what counts. But how'd the rest of uh, Conference USA come about this past week. You must have been influenced by the uh, hundreds of thousands of social media influencers (laughs) by UTEP. They are the number one team. That's right. Yeah, North Texas defeats UTEP 20-17. UAB holds off Marshall 21-14. Old Dominion beats uh, Florida Atlantic. That was kind of surprising. 30-16. Louisiana Tech uh, defeated Charlotte uh, 42-32. Western Kentucky doubled up Rice 42-21. Of course, the Eagles drop uh, 27 to uh, to 17 to UTSA and Middle Tennessee blows out FIU real real quick just the the standings Western Kentucky now number one in first place in in the East five and one on the year Marshall behind them at four and two four teams at three and three Charlotte FAU Middle Tennessee Old Dominion FIU zero and six in the West UTSA a perfect six and zero UAB in second at five and one UTEP North Texas tied at three and three Rice and Tech. Uh, at two and four, and then the Eagles at zero and six. Speaking of FIU, you want to talk about a complete dumpster fire, Kelly Sander? Oh my gosh! There's Butch Davis, who uh, you know at Miami and has quite a coaching resume. Took over that coaching gig about five years ago. Well, he announced it about two games into this season that he was going to retire, and of course the subtext there is he was either going to retire or get fired. Now he is lashing out at the university administration, his bosses, saying that they have done everything they can to undermine the success of the football program at FIU. So there's bickering among the family, but there are some other stories that go along with this, Luke. It's pretty crazy. So, you know, they beat Miami two years ago, 2019. They, they beat Miami. He started off 23-16, and 16. Uh, overall, is twenty four and thirty in five seasons. This there's a article out on the on the Action Network uh, by Brett McMurphy. So here's some of the things that that they've wrestled with. So he said when he got there in 2017, all of the shoulder pads were at least ten years old. The school wouldn't provide new money for shoulder pads, but one of his assistants had a contact at Mississippi State. So State was getting new shoulder pads that were only five years old. So State gave all of their shoulder pads to FIU. Davis was quoted as saying they were five years old, but they were new to us. Yeah, so so you're getting new shoulder pads. They, they're five years newer than the ones you were getting. FIU uniforms are nine years old, Davis said. For the last two years, his coaching staff has not been allowed to go on the road recruiting because of finances and COVID-19. Then he said really one of the final blows was after five games they posted – on their website and on the AFCA, the American Football Coaches Association website, that there was an opening for a head coaching position. So apparently the way this article makes it seem, Kelly, is that when all we found out that he was going to retire, that was the, the school posting his job opening. Because only this past weekend or mid-last week did he officially let them know he was retiring. And so all that stuff that we've been hearing that Davis is gone, it was them just putting his opening up. And Davis was quoted as, this year has been a nightmare. You can imagine the player's reaction when a head coach's job is posted online. The administration has been sabotaging the program. Wow, sabotage is a really strong word. But if indeed that's the case, and of course he's retiring, 
I guess he can say whatever he wants to at this point. But that whole situation at FIU is kind of a microcosm of Conference USA, in my opinion. It's just, it's just been a mess. And FIU, of course, is left having to deal with it. Western Kentucky and, and uh, Middle Tennessee are going to be uh, in the Conference USA uh, mess. But for a school like that, with the money that you would think that FIU has, you know, people, Southern Miss fans always talk about, well, we don't have any money, we don't have this. <laughs> Sometimes it, this, a story like this can kind of just give you a little check that, you know, it's... We got, we got shoulder pads, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That it could always be worse. You better enjoy Jersey. this game because there's kids at FIU who don't have anything. They're starving the to argument. death. They're starving at <laughs> FIU. We got gold baseball helmets for our, for our baseball hats for our baseball team. So, yeah, it's crazy. All right. Good show tomorrow. Macy Pennington, senior soccer player, will be joining us. Bob Getty making a... Appearance on the Eagle Hour via phone. Lee Roberts will join us. Hey, you got basketball tonight. Golden Eagles taking on uh, TCU at 7. You got World Series this afternoon at the Pete at 315. And a lot more going on. We'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. And as always, Southern Miss. To to the the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly. To the sea, fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.